sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on another wonderful guest, and this is Miss Teen Crypto. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, Zuby. I'm doing great. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored as always. I'm uh, in Miami right now, actually, for the various Bitcoin conferences that are going on. So, yeah, a lot of Bitcoin on a lot of Bitcoin on the brain today. So, who better to talk to? Awesome. Yeah, Miami's a great and you know, meeting people in person really solidifies a lot of relationships. 100%. I love people as much as they annoy me. Uh, <laughs> so so I've done a very brief intro right there, but for people who are not familiar, tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Randy. I've been in the crypto space since I was 17 and I'm 20 now and my goal has always remained the same, which is to spread crypto and NFT adoption to Gen Z and educate the masses on cryptocurrency and NFTs because I feel that I think a lot of people should be educated on crypto. I think this is a digital revolution and especially amongst Gen Z, I found that a lot of people were behind um, the curve instead of spearheading this revolution. So my goal was just to educate people. I started in 2020 um, by the time you know I was 17, a junior in high school i started hitting the streets by november 2020 asking strangers if they knew about bitcoin i was minting nfts i started going to conferences teaching workshops all around the country to middle school high schools colleges still doing that now and i'm just fortunate to be doing it i also have a daily podcast monday through thursday called the daily zest where i uh, do daily news and then i have the missing crypto show as well where i interview amazing people like zuby who has been a guest in the past and hopefully again in the future Awesome. So there's a lot to get into right there. So tell me a little bit about uh, how did you get into the world of crypto? So I actually started hearing about crypto when I was 13 in 2016 because my dad was just telling me about this Bitcoin thing. And I thought he was crazy. I didn't know what he was talking about. All I heard were numbers, adult things. I just thought people in finance just knew about Bitcoin. And he was also going to conferences, meeting people online. I was like, what are you doing? By the time I was 16 in 2019, we did our first Bitcoin transaction. And that's when I had my light bulb moment where all you have to do to transact with crypto is scan a QR code, copy and paste an address or a username. And that's it. Anyone anywhere in the world with an internet connection, not even anymore, can send and receive value. It didn't matter what age you were, where you came from. I also saw the appreciative aspect of Bitcoin as well, where I had $200 in my bank account at the time when I was 16. And I saw my $200 was always $200. I was taught when I was little, you keep your money in the bank, you earn interest. But instead, I saw my purchasing power was going down. So I figured, why not just put that $200 in Bitcoin? There's only 21 million Bitcoin to ever exist. And there's billions of people in the world. Um, and then by the time I was 17, I was a junior in high school. And I just created Miss Teen Crypto during the lockdowns because I just wanted to be a part of something positive and just do something positive. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that you that you started during the lockdown. So was that the that was the motivation to jump online and start putting yourself out there? Or were you doing it at all prior to that? So I had, you know, I was really interested in school, you know, like I was a complete nerd. My overall average for four years was like a 97. So I was like really deep in school. And, you know, when the virus came around, the pandemic came around, everything just stopped. And I was really into crypto, but I 
you know, I just didn't create the account. Something was holding me back and I was just following people on my school account, but I wanted to separate that. So, you know, I was really used to saying like, good morning to everyone when I came in school as well. So when I jumped on Twitter, I started saying good morning, crypto Twitter, doing videos like that. And, you know, I just started tweeting and I just want to do something positive. Then I found that crypto is my passion. Miss Teen Crypto is my passion. Everything I've ever wanted to do with my life ties into this perfectly. So I felt like once I fell down the rabbit hole, I guess you could say of crypto Twitter and the world of crypto, I knew I could just never look back and go the traditional route. That's really interesting. So of course, as we record this right now, um, it's Bitcoin week here in, in Miami where I am. Um, and there's, of course, this is a, this is a Bitcoin you know, Bitcoin maxi, maxi conference. So even just the word crypto, uh, even for people who are in Bitcoin, it can be a, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a trigger word, right? There's the whole like, Bitcoin versus versus crypto debate. And there's going to be a, a lot of crypto bashing at the <laughs> Unfortunately. Over, over, over the next couple of days. So what is your what are your views on the whole Bitcoin versus crypto debate? Because I think to people who are not in the world at all, they, they're not even aware of this, right? They just think, okay, like Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, like it's all, yeah. they, they kind of see it all as the same thing. And then for people who are in the world, you have, you have got this bifurcation between people who are into Bitcoin and just Bitcoin, you can call them, you know, Bitcoin maximalists is the term people use and so on. And then there's the crypto space, which includes Bitcoin, um, but also people are interested in some of the things you've mentioned, you know, Ethereum and other altcoins, uh, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. Whereas from the Bitcoin maximalist mindset, like all of that stuff is a scam. It's all garbage. It's all, uh, you know, S coins to you. <laughs> it's all, it's all that. So, uh, you know, I think I know where you are in terms of your, your, your camp on this, but what's your, what are your thoughts on this sort of this separation or at times even conflict between these two worlds? You know, I don't understand the tribalism and it like Bitcoin maximalism reminds me of when I was in high school, I was first creating Miss Teen Crypto and I had teachers coming up to me saying to delete my Twitter account because Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme and they didn't want to learn. But the problem is they didn't want to learn um, what it was, which is what ironic, you know, the teachers that are teaching don't want to learn. So, you know, I that's what Bitcoin maxis remind me of is just like you're saying one thing is wrong just because you didn't look into anything else where you just don't agree with what it is. So I do think Bitcoin is amazing. It's a store of value. Um, I think it's always going to be looked at as that. It's my biggest bag. It's my favorite. That's what got me into crypto was Bitcoin. Um, I just think that, you know, Bitcoin can't do everything. And I think we're seeing that a little bit more recently where people are trying to build on Bitcoin, do ordinals, BRC20 tokens, and it's putting stress on the network, which means that you want to keep Bitcoin feasible to use, but we're seeing the gas fees are going up. So we realize in order for us to build a truly decentralized world, we, we could not only be our own bank and take control of our value with things like Bitcoin. We need to build a decentralized internet and take control of our data. That's obviously being taken advantage of on an everyday basis with the traditional platforms we're using every day. So I do think we need to decentralize our wealth with Bitcoin, but we also need to decentralize our data and our identity with other blockchains. I hear that. Given that there are now at this point, I believe over 20,000 uh, crypto coins or tokens out there, I mean, what percentage of these do you think or how many of them do you think offer any type of genuine, genuine value? When I say this, I don't mean, you know, catching, catching a pump and, you know, get, getting lucky on some meme coin or something like this, but actual tangible value for the future of the Internet and 
therefore humanity as as you say it so you recognize bitcoin as the store of value you talk about uh decentralized applications but of all these different things that are out there um i mean in my view you know i think 99.9 percent plus <laughs> of stuff is uh is garbage but uh you know what are what are your thoughts on that I think this is like the beginning of the internet where there were so many things coming out, like everything was a dot com, right? And what crypto is, is just code. So no one could stop someone from creating code, executing code, interacting with code. It's a borderless world, I guess you could say, just like the internet. So I think a lot of this is just going to be like natural evolution, you know, survival of the fittest. You know, you have things that survive after a long amount of time. I think this is where people are just experimenting, see what they could do with the blockchain. I think in the future, there's going to be a lot less, maybe like a, a few hundred cryptocurrencies, because like I said, there's going to be a lot of different blockchains for different things. There might be private blockchains for institutions, decentralized blockchains for like the internet um, and just be digital identity, things like that. So I think in the future, it's going to dwindle down to like a nice couple hundred maybe. I think right now is like that experimentation time where people just want to use the technology and see what it can do. That, that, that's it from my perspective. And it's also showing a free market too. People are very interested in being able to take part in a market where it's not getting halted, right? Like you have stocks that are being halted left and right. It's more of a controlled environment where crypto, you could take that risk of making gains or taking that risk of losing it all. And I think that's what people are really like looking at right now as well. But there's a lot of great things being built as well. Yeah. What do you, you, you touched on this briefly, but what, what are your thoughts on the, on this sort of tribalism? I know you, you don't, it sounds like you're, you're not, you're not a fan of it. Um, but how is that how has that even impacted yourself with what with what you do do you find that you of course you've got your you've got your following and you know you get positive feedback do you find that you you sometimes clash due to these different tribal factions because it's not it's not even just the sort of bitcoin maximalist versus crypto world even even with individual coins with individual cryptos you have like people who are very tribal and very cultish, uh, you know, in reality, about their individual thing, right? They might even give their group some type of name. And then, you know, they're online and they're, you know, bickering and back and forth thing and attacking each other. And uh, it can be amusing sometimes. But, you know, I, I know, I know my perspective, but I'm curious to know what what you make out of that and how you yourself have, if you've experienced that what that's been like for you. I've been pretty spread out throughout the entire time I've been in crypto. So I love Bitcoin. I love like looking at the macroeconomic scene of the world. I love looking at NFTs, decentralized applications, just different use cases for crypto. So I'm pretty widespread. I'm like a blockchain enthusiast. Like I'm here for it all. I'm here for the innovation. I want to see what we can do. Because in my opinion, you know, I see there's tribalism, like there's Bitcoin maxis, there's ETH maxis, there's NFT maxis. At the end of the day, we're all a part of one revolution, right? The reason why we're in crypto is because we want to change the financial system. So for me, it's almost like, why are we fighting each other? When if one wins, we all win because we're all after that same goal. It's interesting you say that. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the Bitcoin maxi perspective. I say this as someone who's uh, surrounded by a lot of them and spends a lot of time. I think yeah. the, the, the argument there would would be that the the mission is different and that the all these other uh, cryptos that are non not Bitcoin are detracting away and slowing down, if not preventing the sort of 
overall long-term mission. There is also something with it that I do find, um, you know, I'll let, I'll let you respond to that. One thing I do think that can be funny and somewhat hypocritical, though, is when all the talk, you know, from, from, the, from the Bitcoin Maxi perspective, is, is it is largely based around freedom and liberty. And I do find an irony with like constantly attacking and bashing and condemning people who are using freedom to be interested in Ethereum or Cardano or all these other things that are, you know, almost like words that you're not even allowed to mention in certain circles. And from my perspective, I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on Bitcoin specifically. Um, I'm not going to stick some some label on myself, but I'm I'm more of a much more of a Bitcoiner than a crypto in general person. Although I've kind of like dabbled in all these different things over the years, just out of curiosity and getting to learn and understand it, which is what has made me think, okay, you know, Bitcoin is very separate to all these other things. But at the same time, it's like if you're advocating freedom and liberty, you know, financial freedom and liberty, then you might be annoyed that there's twenty thousand different coins out there, most of which, you know, you might think are rubbish and are all going to go to zero and whatever. But I think once you start wanting to, I don't know, overly attack or prevent people from kind of playing around with these other things or putting their money into them, then that's not really in line with the freedom proposition either. That's kind of how I, how I see it from the different angles. No, 100%. I agree with you because I think it's it's unfair to say, oh, invest in crypto, be a part of this new system, but you can't go experiment with any other blockchain because it's trash. That's like going to like I went to the auto show recently in New York and you go in there, there's all these different car dealerships and they display their different cars. But that's like saying you can only go to one dealership because the rest of them are horrible cars. You can't really say that. You know, you, I think what you people should say is, hey, you know, I'm a little personally more Bitcoin forward for X, Y and Z. And maybe you should go experiment. Experiment with that technology, see if you enjoy it compared to Bitcoin and come back to us and see if you still want to say Bitcoin only. I think you should always encourage people to see what else is out there besides just canceling it. It's like saying you don't like a food without trying it first. Did you experiment with the technology? Did you see how it works? Do you see if it could actually solve a real world problem? Um, and then if not, then of course, stick with Bitcoin. I think it's always freedom of choice. You want to be a Bitcoin maxi? Maxi your heart out. You want to go into Ethereum? DeFi your heart out. See how it all works. But at least you give it a chance before making an assumption. That's yeah. a lot of the time not true. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, you know, it's interesting because I think I, I think it's two things that that why people often have this mindset. Well, you know, on, beyond just normal normal human tribalism, but I think that a lot of people go through. Like I, I know for a fact, right? A lot of people who are would call themselves Bitcoin maximalists used to dabble in all these other things, right? They got into it the same way everyone else is, and they they want to kind of save people the pain of like experimenting in all these things and you know having their bags go to zero or this or getting rug pulled getting scammed or whatever they want people to avoid all that so part of it i think is like a look okay like i did all this stuff so so you don't have to and this one thing is the answer and they can be people can be very sort of dogmatic about that mm -hmm. um and then i think also the other part of it is the you know i i, I guess I, I think there's there's the ethical perspective where if you think that something is, if you do genuinely think that something is a scam, then obviously you want to not just dissuade people from it, but you want to, you're going to get mad at people who promote it, right? So if you think X cryptocurrency is a scam, right? You think this whole thing is just, you know, a, a, a giant rug pull 
And, and you will hear people say, you know, like everything outside Bitcoin, like it's all a scam, right? The word scam is used a lot. Everything's a scam. Everything's a. And so if that is somewhat, you know, if that is what someone genuinely believes, then I do understand. I can kind of put my brain in their head and understand, OK, you're getting angry at all this stuff and you're getting angry at these influencers and YouTubers and Twitter accounts that are like promoting all these, as far as you're concerned, scams, right? Which people are going to put in their money. They're going to lose their money. There's like an ethical there's an ethical component to it as well. So I, I do I do see like the different angles. Um, I also do think that the truth is people are going to go on their own journey of exploration in most parts. And it's also the best way to learn, right? Like losing money is not fun. Getting rug pulled is not fun. <laughs> getting scammed, you know, losing your coins because you kept them on an exchange is not fun. Like it, it all it all sucks. Um, and I do think you should try to get people to avoid those things, but also human beings are very, are very stubborn and want to put their hand on the hot stove and take the burn themselves to know that it, it's hot. If you tell them that it's hot, like they're, they're still, many people are still kind of going to do it. So I, I think the truth is kind of regardless of how it's approached people are going to, you know, people are going to keep on getting scammed and people are going to keep on getting rug pulled and people are going to have some of their bags go to zero and so on. Um, I just think that's kind of the nature of how people learn. But hopefully if they stay along for the ride, then in the long term, um, you know, we we will we will ultimately arrive at the conclusion, right? If, if all the Bitcoin maximalists are absolutely correct and Bitcoin is the only thing of value and everything else, including ETH, like everything else is going to go to, you know, going to go down the track, then we'll, we'll see that, right? We'll see it yeah. over time. I think the proof is going to be in the pudding. So, you know, I think it's good for people to have their convictions in certain ways. It can be good, but it can, it, it, it can go over. I've seen it. I've seen it very much go overboard when it's just becomes like a very sort of personal thing and people are just being attacked and people, and I'm like, okay, guys, like, this is it gets a little too malicious sometimes. yeah yeah it can, it can it can get overly malicious where i'm kind of like guys like this is all like magic internet money um <laughs> right like, it's not it, it's yeah. not um it, yeah like people can, get emotionally can... attached to their bags and i think that's what like people feel like they have a lot of wealth on the line but they also feel like their passions are so like true and like finite you know like people really just get attached to their bags where they really want it to go up but sometimes they don't even want to sell it because they're too attached they want to let it go so they're, they're, i feel like there's a lot of emotion that plays into cryptocurrency and even the traditional markets as well you know people are complaining like oh you could lose your money in crypto but bank stocks are struggling there's so, a lot of bank stocks down 90 plus percent first republic went to zero because they had to get acquired by jp morgan so you know like there's a battle of like you know what's really good for investments anymore because everything we thought was like great everything that a traditional maybe wall street person would look through and say hey this is my checklist for something i would invest in it's not the same anymore i feel like a lot of that stuff honestly went out the window yeah so with the content that you put out there and everything you're doing building your following doing your daily show um live events and so on what what would you say is your overall mission what are you trying to do with it all my overall mission has been the same since I started, which is spreading crypto adoption to Gen Z and educating the masses on cryptocurrency and NFTs. Because again, this is a revolution. This is a part of, you know, taking 
control of your wealth, owning your wealth and not having somebody hold your hand like we've been used to for hundreds of years now. Uh, this is something where we have to bring it forward ourselves. People are saying, oh, we're going to wait for a generational wealth shift. Like, no, let's take control of our wealth. We have to stop waiting because honestly, there might not be anything for us to wait for if we don't take control of it now. So that's my main goal. And I'll always be like positive and I'll always try to put out the best content possible. I really, if you watch my daily show, I really do my research because I feel like it's my duty to people to help them because that's all I'm trying to do is help people. Um, just bring people in, realize self-sovereignty. Awesome. In terms of uh, what you do for the past couple of years, how, how have you found, so you're, you're Gen Z, right? Yeah. You're a Zoomer. Yeah. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard about you Zoomers. Yeah, I've um, been so, for, for two years. It's horrible. <laughs> I love how uh, every, every generation is like the source of all problems, right? Um, <laughs> so you yeah. have people who just blame the boomers for everything. Then you have people who blame all uh, millennials are the problem. All you know, those millennials. Gen, Gen Z's, yeah, every, every, every generation is the problem. Yeah. Um, and no one to consider is like, who's raising those generations? Um, but how have you found like of people of different ages? And how are the perceptions different? Um, are are Gen Z more open overall to crypto, um, or you know, is it more of a millennial thing? How is the older generation? What, what's it What's it like in, in your generation specifically compared to the others? Gen Z is highly receptive to crypto. I mean, I got invited to my former high school twice. Um, I went back there in May to do uh, two investing classes about Bitcoin. And the attention is so there. Kids weren't even looking at their iPads or their phones. Like they were actually listening. People really want to get involved. Gen Z, it's so easy for us to get involved because we've been digitally native our entire lives. All we wanted when we were younger was an iTunes gift card, which again is virtual money to go on a virtual app store, buy virtual games within those virtual games. You're buying virtual currencies. You're buying virtual items like weapons or dresses, whatever it may be, except that you didn't own it. So even an iBook, right? We started buying iBooks but we didn't own that book. We couldn't transfer that book to a friend. We couldn't sell it when we were done with it. We we're pretty much stuck with these assets. Whereas with cryptocurrency, now Gen Z realizes that we could actually own it. We could trade on the secondary market, have value for our items. We also have that saying, if you didn't take a selfie, you weren't there. So we also know the concept of owning our digital property and knowing what's ours is ours and no one can take it from us. We use Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, things like that all the time. So I think all of crypto is very easy to just slide right into. I think one of the barriers to entry, though, is for kids under 18. You can't get on an exchange. You can only really go to a Bitcoin ATM. Um, I think that's going to change because obviously you go to the bank. A 13-year-old is allowed to have a debit card, but they can't buy crypto. So there's a little bit of a double standard there. But Gen Z easily could get into crypto. When I was in high school, one of the courses was digital art. Now the next step is putting that digital art on a marketplace. And being your own business, like Bitcoin cryptocurrency allows you to be your own bank, but NFTs could let you be your own business, your own art gallery, your own record label, revolutionize your own store, your own creativity. Um, so I think Gen Z is easily receptive. I think more so with the older generation, it's more about, oh, what do you mean being my own bank? Because I think a lot of people grew up again, like with someone holding their hand, the bank always being there for them, that they can't conceptualize what it means to take responsibility for their items, for their wealth. Where Gen Z, it's a lot more easy for us. We're like, oh, digital wallet, cold storage. Okay, cool. I hear that. And um, what sort of 
what what are you finding that Gen Z are most interested in within the crypto world? Is it Bitcoin? Is it NFTs? Is it altcoins? Is it something else that's uh, you know that's out there? Is there like a primary thing that you're finding that people are drawn to? Or you know, are people more interested in Bitcoin or NFTs, for example? Um, are you finding a general preference in that generation? I think a lot of kids are interested in Bitcoin because of the money aspect where you could just send and receive money and it's mm. easy. It's on your phone. It's in a wallet. But I think Gen Z also really loves uh, NFTs as well, because like I, I said before, if you didn't take a selfie, you weren't there. So a lot of people are creating videos. There's a millions of content creators in Gen Z. They want to own their work. There's a lot of people that even take my YouTube videos. They'll cut out my face, but use my interviews and my voice on their YouTube channel. So I want to be able to own my property. I want to be able to own my content. And I think blockchain gives you that opportunity to verify yourself, verify your content. So I think Gen Z really likes NFTs, being your own store, just cutting out these third parties. You you want to be a musician. Well, the record label is going to take almost everything from you. Take the rights to your music. If you're an artist, you have to go to a physical gallery and they have to approve you and obviously probably take a cut and say, okay, I approve your art to be in my gallery. No, take control of yourself. Put out your music to people that directly support you. Put out your art to people that will directly support you on a global stage, just not one place. So I think that's very important as well. Gen Z loves it all. It's all about self-empowerment for us. I hear that. I think you're wise beyond your years. Do you know that? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I no, really you are. Hard. I think I'm just a nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's interesting. Like what you're saying, you know, even just in terms of the kind of mindset and philosophy, um, you're, you're light years ahead of many people who are even in their 30s, just in terms of thinking about some of these things. Um, a lot of people just go through their life and they, they, they don't even just don't think about this stuff. They don't think no. about it at all, let alone be able to... Um, articulate it. So yeah, just give, giving you some some props on that front. Ha, have you always had that kind of mindset? Or is that something that you think was instilled in you from your from your parents from your family? Tell me more about your um, even pre I'm kind of curious to know pre even prior to you like getting involved in crypto because you, you got into that literally in school. Um, so what was life like up until that point of, you know, your dad telling you, about Bitcoin. I'm curious to know a little bit more like just where this where this men mentality comes from. I think I've always been really nerdy. When I was in when I was in school, I was like, you know, the teachers would always come to me and be like, "Randy, can you help this person with that?" I was always getting like top grades. Like I just was like loving school because it was something I was good at and I genuinely loved learning like everything. I everything you threw at me, I was like, "Yes, yes, I want to get the best grades. I want to do like everything." Um and I was also very into community. When I was in school, I was always doing community stuff. I was doing charity stuff like my whole life because I just genuinely enjoyed people. Um, so I've always liked to have that hardworking mindset because I always saw my dad was a really hard worker as well. He, like, you know, he was, you know, kind of on his own, like around my age. So he really like instilled in me, like, you have to work hard. Time's going to fly by. And he was correct. I mean, I'm already 20. I'm out of school. And he was telling me when I was in middle school, like, you know, this is going to fly by. You got to think about life. Um, so, you know, I always really liked school. I always wanted to like be a reporter of some sort. You know, there were videos of me just like interviewing random people like at the beach and things things like that when I was younger. So everything like really tied in for me. And I was a little like on the sad side in high school because people didn't get me. I was always like my dad always told me I was a little bit more like mature 
than others. Um, so it was like hard for me in high school because a lot of people just didn't understand that. Um, and people were just like, why is she always in her books? Why doesn't she like, you know, I was on the cheerleading team and I didn't want to like gossip. And they were like, why doesn't she want to gossip? I'm like, oh, I'd rather not do that. Like, you know, I was always very like, you know, mellow to myself almost like I was always very social. It's just people didn't get the nerdy side of me. So, you know, like people made fun of me a little bit. And then, you know, by the time like I started to get into crypto, I was asking like some people, you know, should I start a YouTube channel? And they're like, you know, you're just going to get made of more than you already are. You know, people it was it was bad. So I was just like, you know what? They don't understand me. Let them not understand me even more. So I just started making videos. There was like one video I did with a friend in high school. If anyone wants to scroll back to that, there were people laughing at me in the background. But I really embraced it because I was just like, they don't understand. I had teachers coming up to me saying, Randy, are you okay? I'm like, what? They're like, well, there's teachers and students talking about you. I was like, good, let them talk. Like, let's get after it. And then less than a year later, I was back at the high school teaching kids about Bitcoin and went again this year as well. So, you know, I'm happy I did it because it really taught me independence and to like not think about what others think of me. Just like be like, even like uh, the creator of Doge like tweeted something about it yesterday. Like just be unapologetically yourself. And I feel like that resonates with people. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. Be a nerd. Embrace your I, inner I, I nerd. I love it. I, no, I, I love it. I, I agree with you entirely. And um, it's such a limiting belief for people. Like yeah. there are so many hundreds of millions of billions of people who, who go through life and they're so afraid of what other people are going to say, being criticized, being laughed at, being misunderstood, being this and that, that they never do what they actually want to do right so they, yeah. ne they never start that youtube channel they never start that podcast they never write that book they never you know say that thing or you know make that music like they just don't they have the creativity within them they have the entrepreneurial spirit they have the desire but they're so fixated on what someone else might say or what someone else might think look like people are going to judge you no matter what you do Absolutely. <laughs> right. Absolutely. If you're if you're if you're a, if you're a lazy bum who doesn't do anything interesting, like people are going to judge you. Right. If you're hard, if you're hardworking and you're ambitious or whatever, people are going to judge you. Right. If you achieve if you're successful, people are going to hate on you. People are going to be jealous. People are going to be envious. They're going to take shots at you. If you're unsuccessful, people are going to take shots at you. People are going to call you names. Like It doesn't literally no matter what you do. I'm like, look, you may as well do it and become successful. Because you're gonna, you're you're gonna be, you know, people are gonna have their thoughts regardless, right? So yeah. why not do the thing you want to do, and why not become great at it, and just accept like, okay, in fact, the the bigger your audience gets, the more people know you, the more people like you. Here, here's something crazy that I've I've learned, like just in in real time in my own career, is like there are people out there who will literally dislike you because other people like you. Yes. Right. Like, like there's yes. people who dislike you who literally just because other people like you, like they're, they're in such a negative mind state that they're just like, Hey, this person is helping people or this person is popular or this person's getting attention or people like this person. So I'm going to hate on this person because they're liked by others. And it's like, why would you even try to appease somebody like that? Right. Like that is the last sense. person whose opinion you should care about. Right. Like that is just 
100% dork loser energy. It's just like, cool, okay, <laughs> I see you there. It, yeah. it, it is. I'm it just is. like, this is, I'm like, this is madness. Like, this is crazy. And so many people, they don't even consciously know it, but they allow that type of individual and that type of mentality to control them, right? If Absolutely. you don't make a YouTube, if you want to make a YouTube channel or you want to write a book or you want to be a musician or you want to start a business and the thing preventing you doing it is this type of person out there in the ether who's going to hate, who's going to naysay, who's going to pick at you, whatever, you're actually letting those people, you're letting the dorks of society, you're letting the biggest losers control you, right? They want you to be where they're at instead of them leveling up. And I think when when you see it like that, it's like, man, just go out there and do it because I don't know, they, they just don't matter. I, th I think people need to understand, like not really genuine, not everyone's opinion matters at all. No. Some people's opinions do do not matter. That's going to sound, some people might think that sounds cocky or it sounds, I'm like, look, there's people whose opinions, like, it does not matter. It literally doesn't matter. The The opinions that matter are, you know, people obviously whom, whom you love and respect and who ideally want the best for you. Those opinions matter. Your opinion of yourself obviously um, matters. Your, the, your audience matters, right? The people who actually do like you and want to support you and whatever their opinions matter. The people who are never going to like you, never going to, never going to support anything you do, never going to like, they, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I've done podcasts where the, you know, people are complaining about me. The only people who ever complain about me interviewing certain people or doing this or doing that are people who do not even listen. I'm like, you don't, exactly. you've never, you've never even <laughs> listened to my podcast. I've done 250 plus episodes. You've listened to zero of them. You've never bought anything from me. You've never supported me. You've never even given me a word of encouragement. And you now want to dictate who I'm allowed to talk to. I'm like, you don't matter. Like you're, you're, I don't care about your opinion. If you don't listen to my music and you're not even open to listening to it, you're like, your opinion, on it, it, it doesn't matter. You're never going to come to a show. You're never going to buy a CD. You're never going to buy a t-shirt. You're never going to even listen. You're, you're never even going to give it a stream on, like you're not doing anything. So, you know, if I put out a song and like my people who genuinely like typically like my music are like, oh, I don't like that song. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's not a good song. Cause like my actual audience, my actual audience doesn't like it. Right. Yeah. Um, but if it's just a random, I don't know, man, you just gotta. No, I, I agree. Cause sometimes like you hear that voice, like these people in your head saying, don't do it, don't do it. Just do it. Like make yourself feel better. And you know, like even people close to you, you know, could say something to you. Like I've had family that doesn't understand previous employers. Like I was a dental assistant while I was also starting this and they didn't understand crypto. They mm -hmm. actually hated it and made fun mm -hmm. of me for it. I was like, wow, I can't even go to work and be a professional. Um, it was just like getting to that point. And even when I was in high school and like kids just didn't like, they were making fun of me. I I was like, what do I have to do to change to please these people? And I realized, like, I can't change to please these people. They're like, you know, you just have to be you. And that was like a hump that like was near impossible for me to get over. But I think once I did, I felt so free. Like there was one day where I was like, I'm over this. And I know that sounds so crazy to say, but it was just like this one moment where I was like, goodbye. And I just like, you know, kept doing my thing. And even like when I was doing Miss Teen Crypto in school and People were just bullying me online just because, like, because I started, people didn't know Miss Teen Crypto was real. People were speculating. I was like, you know what? I'm a good person. I know my intentions are true. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And eventually people are going to see that. And if I yeah. went the traditional route, if I said, like, if I did what everyone else wanted me to do in my life, like go to college, do all this traditional stuff, I wouldn't be happy. I'm the happiest I've ever been because I'm doing something I love. And I think that's what's important. Yeah, that's powerful. And the truth is, um, those people 
when people, when it really starts to click, and this also goes for, you know, friends, family members, you know, even people who do like and care about you, but like, you know, they don't understand whatever. What you really have to do is you have to become successful. You have to succeed, yeah. right? Like once you succeed at something, even the people who are like, we're like, man, I don't know about that one. Like, I don't know about this. Like if they see you and it's like, okay, well, it, hey, it worked, <laughs> it worked out for him. It worked out for her. Then that's when I found that people like truly, truly like just respect it. I mean, for myself, like I've had such a long journey, right? I mean, I, I put out my first music project. I released my first album when I was 19, right? I'm now 36. And it took until my early 30s for certain things. You know, like I had, I had some success in my 20s. You know, there's people who would have said like I was successful at, you know, by, by 25 or whatever. But like on, on, a, on a certain level, right? I hadn't like hit a certain echelon yet. It was just kind of like grind, 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 grind. And, you know, when people see you doing this for such a long time and it's like, man, like you've been doing this thing for like a decade and, you know, it's not it's not there yet. And then it's interesting how like over the last couple of years, this stuff has really sort of like rocketed up for me in many ways. And people like it now, now people like really get it. Now it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, all right. He, he didn't, he didn't know it. what he, he did. He didn't know what he was doing. Right. He wasn't like just, exactly. I don't but, know why people just don't have faith in you to begin with. Like, you yeah. know, like I was talking to a family member and I was just like, you know, why didn't you guys even like believe in me? Like even now, like a lot of them don't. And she, like one of them was just like, you know, like that's like saying you want to be like a famous baseball player, you know, like that's like they're impossible to do. I was like, but why don't you believe in me and say, hey, like go for it. You know what I mean? I feel like people need to shift that perspective from saying, hey, you know, you shouldn't do that because the chances are low. And mm. instead of saying, you know what, you should do it because the chances are low and you should be mm. ambitious to get there. You know, like that's my perspective and the versus like a lot of other people. So it's like you have to have a different mindset. I feel. It's a very, very powerful mindset. They, 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 there's two things there. Let me see if I can I think and think of what what I was just going on in my mind. I think one of them is that what you're doing is it's new ground. Yes, it's new ground. Right. There's there's no precedent for being a crypto YouTuber and podcaster. Like, well, what the heck even is that? Like, how do you <laughs> right? Like, like to, to anyone over 30, like what even, like, what is that? Right. Unless they are specifically involved, unless it's someone like myself, who's like in that world and gets it. Most people exactly, are like, well, what, yeah. what even is that? Like, that's not, that's not a job. Go become a lawyer. Go, go, go get your doctorate. Right. Like, like it. So I think that's a factor. And then I think another, another thing is the, um, you know, you brought up something interesting in there, and this is like the concept of statistics, right? Because statistics are sometimes very useful and sometimes very unhelpful, right? So you've probably heard statistics like, you know, 90% of businesses fail in the first few years or like um, X percent of things fail. And, and it's, Th these are good numbers to, to kind of know, but they don't tell the whole picture, right? So for example, I don't, don't quote me on this because it's not going to be exact, but something like 80 to 90% of podcasts never get past the fourth episode. So of all the podcasts that have ever been started, the vast, vast, vast majority don't make it to episode number five because people give up, people quit, people drop out, people are not consistent, people don't have the discipline to keep on going with it. They want the results quick and so they drop out. So you might hear, you might someone might hear that statistic and go, oh, well, so there's no point starting a podcast or a YouTube channel. How many how many YouTube channels make it to 100,000 subscribers? Under 1%, right? Yeah. But it's like, well, if you are committed, if just by getting to episode number five, you're already in the top 
That's how you can flip it, right? Just by doing five episodes, you've already surpassed in consistency because a lot of people drop out. So like, there's no point comparing yourself to people who are not committed, right? Like I agree. The, the average man can do zero pull-ups. Okay. Ooh. The average person, both men and women, you know, obviously, you know, w- w- you know, pull-ups are a lot harder for women, but even I amongst men, <laughs> yeah, no, mo- most men, no, most women can't do a pull-up, but neither most men can do zero. But like as someone who's been going to the gym for 20 years and training, I don't care about the average. Like, well, well, the average has no, right? If I'm like, oh, well, the average man cannot do a pull-up, so, like, let me not be able to do a pull-up. I'm like, no, I'm trying to knock out 30 in a row, right? Like, what's the point of even comparing myself to that? Because I'm not, I'm not that thing. Um, and there, <laughs> you know, like, there are things I, 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 I actually tweeted this the other day. I said, I said, self-awareness is knowing when you're the average and knowing when you're the exception. Because there's things like, because like, you, you have to know, like, I know I'm exceptional at certain things. So I'm not going to ever compare myself to the average on that because the average statistics don't matter. Like, I'm like, well, I'm, that's not me. So it's irrelevant. I don't, like I said, the average man can do zero pull-ups. The average business, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm, that's not me. I'm exceptional in this regard. So I'm going to seek, you know, massively Optional outsized results. Result. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then there's stuff I'm, I'm average at, right? Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, the average person takes... I don't know, how long does it take the average person to learn Japanese, right? So if I want to learn Japanese, I might be like, okay, I'm probably like, I'm, 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 I think in terms of language aptitude, I'm above average, but I'm not like fully exceptional, right? So if it takes the average person 10,000 hours of, I'm making up numbers, 10,000 of hours of study to learn Japanese, I might be like, okay, cool. Maybe it'll take me like seven or 8,000, right? Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, okay, well, I want to learn Japanese, but I'm not going to do it because most people fail. It's like, well, if you are committed, then you'll get there, right? You will get there. You just, you just got to keep on going. You got to keep on moving. You might not know what level of success you'll be able to reach, but you'll, you'll, you'll get somewhere, right? If you keep on going with what you're doing, all, all whatever metrics you go by, subscribers, listens, followers, whatever, it's just going to keep on going up. Are you going to be able to reach like 100 million? I don't know. Maybe not. Are you 10 million? Who, who knows? But it's it's going to keep going up. So I don't know. I just I'm, I'm just I'm just on a little rant here because I think it's so important. I think the mindset is so important. And I think um, I'm very I'm very impressed by the the mindset and the way that you frame these things, Thank because you. for someone at honestly, someone double your age, most people don't have it. So to have that at 20. Um, yeah, you're going to be a very successful young lady. Thank you. I hope so. I'm, I'm working so hard, you know, like I've never, I, nothing has ever come easy, you know, like, so, and I know that from a young age. So, you know, for me, it's just like work, 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 work. And I'm just, and I love what I do. So for me, it's like not work. It's like, it's like work, but not work. You know what I mean? And I, I genuinely love my community, like the people that surround me every day. Like, I'm just so, so grateful for that foundation. And I know I have a great foundation now. So if any, like, you know, if things go up in the future, I know I have like really great people behind me and I know like where I came from. I know what it takes to, you know, get to the top because I'm working there right now. And I see people like you that, you know, you're just effortlessly like yourself. You're not willing to hold back. You say what you need to say and you pull it very elegantly where, you know, people are able to have just an open conversation. I think we need more of that as well. So I have a lot of respect for you. I want to be like you when I grow up. Oh, shucks. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I say, I even say it to my dad all the time. I'm like, Zuby's really killing it. Like I have Thank so you. much respect for you. Thank you. Um, you know, another thing that's key and another thing that's vital that you have is just kindness. Honestly, mm-hmm. kindness is, I think, in this age of the internet, 
um, especially. I think kindness is very underrated. I think that people, because, you know, if, if you spend a lot of time online and you're, you know, you're dealing with the back and forth and the hate and you're, you're dealing with like just avatars, right? People just see you as an avatar, right? They just see that little, little circle with your, with your face in it and a name and they see your bio and it's just like they form their whole, they, they create this caricature in their head of who you are, your story, what you believe, everything. I mean, I'm sure you've read stuff about, I'm sure you've read, learned stuff about yourself on the internet that you were yourself were not even aware of, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm constantly learning all these new things about myself, about, you know, like who I'm funded by and which organizations I'm a member of and my history. I'm, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, that's interesting. Like, <laughs> when when did I become, uh, you know, Illuminati and Freemason? And like, when did I start oh being funded by this organization? I'm like, I'm not aware. Like, show me the checks. Like, I'm not receiving this money. Um, but yeah, I think um what's the point I'm even what's the point I'm even making here? People I know I I just think people are going to talk. Yeah, but 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 I think that, you know, people lose their humanity online. I'm sure you've seen this, right? You see A you see this bit. every day, right? People um forget that they're dealing with other human beings and they just see people as avatars and then they just attack the avatar. And so I think that something that's really powerful both online and offline is genuinely like say, oh, just just being kind to people, just being kind and and I think it even goes further because we live in this time where I think if you are not genuinely a kind and decent person, you will at some point be exposed. Absolutely. You can no longer you can no longer be like nice in front of the camera and like, you know, pretending to be this and this. And then in the, your personal life, like you're a scumbag and you're treating other people really nastily or you're like abusive or whatever. It will come to light like the, the, the detectives will get you like some something will come to light. So. Um, and I think that I think that's kind of good, right? I think it encourages more authenticity and more integrity when people know, you know, in previous generations. I mean, look at all the look at all the Epstein stuff and whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people could like have this like public face, and the public face is like, oh, you know, like I'm I'm this and that. And then like in the dark, they're doing like horrible stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it, it, it always comes to light now. So yeah, I enjoy be kind. It. <laughs> I, I enjoy it and you know that's why it's like you're yourself right that's why like i love bringing up like the theme of this podcast like being yourself because like you would have been exposed for that already like in your music you could probably hear like who you are because you're just expressing yourself within your music so people really get a, like a greater understanding of you more than most but mm. i i definitely do think like you know if you're in front of the camera for long enough you're in the public eye for long enough you're gonna get you're gonna people are gonna investigate you like no problem and people meet you in person as well so yeah. people really do like get a sense for who you are and I definitely think that that stands and I, I like authenticity that's why like you know like I present myself the way I am like I don't do my hair is like you know like I don't try to like make myself look a certain way pound my face with makeup or like do all these crazy things because I just want to like be me and like have people accept me for me and not have to put on this character that I'm not and I feel like that's what a lot of creators did in the past that end up actually not working out for them yeah. I've been watching youtubers my whole life so I see like how people change when they get you know into YouTube, like how they start, then they how how they change, and then how they get exposed for A, B, and C because they think they could they're above it all. So I've seen it all. I'd rather be me. Talk about Bitcoin, crypto, good things, positive vibes, life. You know. Yeah, it, it's it's a much wiser. I don't even think of it as strategy, right? It's the it's what you should just do, right? Um, I agree. From a moral and ethical perspective, but I think even from a quote unquote strategic perspective. It's it's the smartest move strategically because in the short term, you know, you can do all sorts of manipulation and lies and deception and whatever to, you know, make some short term 
quick money or to you know there's ways you can there's there's ways you can build a following very quickly or get views very quickly by just being unethical right you could just like just mm -hmm. a, just attack people right there's people who, who can grow you can grow a whole youtube channel or grow a twitter account just attacking people right find people who are popular who like just attack 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 put their names in their video whack them in the thumbnails whatever right you, you can do it um but it's a really stupid long-term strategy like it's it is extremely devastating long-term strategy because number one you're creating a really awful and hostile audience you're creating an audience of people who are negative and who want to see you like attack and just want to see fight. like those are not people who are genuinely supporters they're just like nasty people and the worst thing you can have is an audience of like hundred thousand plus people who are just nasty and drawn to negativity and whatever because if you don't think they're going to celebrate when you fall on the sword then you are tripping and you will fall on the sword at some point you will say the wrong thing you will like like they're gonna get you like they're they're going to get you you also don't want to monetize and like it's I don't know. I, I think a lot of times people just don't think long term. And I think they, they just chase the numbers and they see, oh, number going up. So that means it's good. And then they kind of just feed into it. They get captured by the audience and they're just negative, negative attack, attack, attack. Like I see it all the time. Like there's accounts that are just constantly like attacking me or attacking people I know. or And I'm just like, bro, like what's what's up with this person? Like there's if you want to interact, there are better ways of getting attention than just attacking people and also people don't forget it so if you just burn all your bridges you burn every it's like when people celebrate getting blocked on twitter and i'm like i'm like it's not an achievement bro it's not an achievement like if you just go out and you get blocked by tons of like prominent people or tons of people who are like helping it's like okay you've now just completely lost access to this this is a person who could have potentially helped you or you could have learned something from or whatever and you're just like annoying everyone so much that like you're just getting blocked across the realm. I'm like, well, okay, well, you're kind of ensuring your own failure because we do, we do need each other. We do need relationships. We do, you know, you don't need every single one, but like, why just be that person who's so obnoxious that no one even because because if 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 I block someone, it means that like I don't even want you in your like I don't even. I want no association. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not an achievement. Yeah, like, you know, like I, I don't, yeah, like I don't block on a hair trigger. Like for me to block someone, it's like, okay, you've, you've really passed a certain line. And then they're like, ha, Zuby Zu blocked me. And I'm like, it's not an achievement, bro. Like it's, it's really. <laughs> it's for the clout at the end of the it's day. Really they not. know you have a lot of followers. So they're yeah. like, oh, I have his attention. He got mad, mad at me. So let's just hop on yeah. the bandwagon. But it's you've, you've, you've got, you've got my attention, but look, look at how you've got my attention. Yeah. Right. Like w this, like this versus I block you. And then, okay, you get what three minutes of like a dopamine hit. And then, <laughs> like, and then that's it. And you can never like interact with that person. And they're never gonna like even like they, they just, they don't even want to like associate with you or whatever. I'm not, I don't know. I don't, people are so strange. Lame. It's yeah. so lame. I, I don't, I don't get, get the mindset. I think it's a lot of extra work to be mean than nice. Like, it is, you, isn't it? like I feel like just like dropping a like on someone's post is so much easier than just like like maybe not liking the post and hitting that comment button and be like, you suck. Like yeah. what <laughs> to me, like that's such a waste of time. And I understand like maybe things need to be said on uh, uh, like, you know, like people pointing out like oh wait you did something wrong mm -hmm. there's a point where you could say hey you're doing something wrong mm -hmm. but then there's a point where you're just like being a butt like you know yeah. you're just like not being a nice person Dude, and I, 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 just, it's a waste of time it's a waste of I, I had i had someone who i don't know who this person was but for a month they emailed me like email actual email 
that you were emailing me from multiple, like separately created accounts, like daily for a month, just like, just with like racial, just like with racial abuse, just like with the N word and calling me like a, a monkey and this, like, like just, just every, like daily, daily, like, like they were dedicated, like every multiple. So like, cause you block one account, right. And they have like different email accounts. And I'm just like, someone is sitting there spending, I don't know how many hours creating accounts, creating whole, like it, it takes a while to create an email account, right? Creating whole email account and just, everything. and just going, going. And I'm just like, who is like, I don't know who this person is. That's and you know, it, it did stop after a while, but you're just like, what on earth? Like, I, I don't know, like what is in someone's brain that they're like, okay, this is a good use of my time. Or, or I've had people who literally, they go, like they'll subscribe to you on YouTube just to like dislike your videos like they'll they'll go to each video and they'll they'll dislike it and sometimes they'll like they'll leave a comment or whatever and they're just there dislike dislike like they're literally going from each of your videos or they're going on apple apple podcast to leave a negative review on your pod i'm like this is a lot of effort if you don't like it you know you can just keep it moving you can just like not watch you can not listen <laughs> you can not engage uh you can listen to the stuff that you want to i, I i've never like there's so much, there's so many people out there I disagree with or like whatever. I can't even imagine like my brain. All right, let me go. Let me go on all their things. Let me find their email address. Actually, let me, let me find their email address and like write a letter or like, just like copy, a, 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 you know, some insult a million times and just like send it to them. It's disgusting. It's horrible. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> It's such a waste of time. It's like, so strange. You know, for me, like, the, of course, there's things I see online that I don't like. I just keep scrolling. I'm like, okay. Or you know what? You put a mute on the person or you mm -hmm. just click those dots on Twitter that says, I'm not interested in this. I want to see less of this person. Like, there's so many ways to avoid that, that yeah. I think it's just people that are bored and that they want to mm. talk. They want to just see what they could do. You know, I just think people are really deflect their emotions a lot of the time because there's people that like made fun of me in the past, but they were just miserable freaking people. So it's just like they're just taking it out on me because they say all right i'm doing fine i'm doing my own thing and they just want something someone to pick at just like it's, yeah. not, it's not worth that and and you know what's interesting on twitter specifically is because it, because it's public right when i see a certain type of comment on my thing i i often will go to that person's profile and it's never someone who seems like happy and like well adjusted like they're every single tweet i'm like okay it's, it's not Every single tweet is negative. Everything is angry. They're just like tweeting at people, insulting people, cussing people out, like nonstop day after day after day after day. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's, that, that's told me enough. Um, you know, that's told me enough. It's never, oh, I go to the person's profile and they look like happy and they look like they're enjoying their life. It's just someone in this very, very negative state. I do have a question, switching subjects a little. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're now 20 years old. So, We've got an issue here, Miss Teen Crypto. So, um, <laughs> what, what's the? Uh, how, how long are you going to be uh, Miss Miss Teen Crypto? Is that? Uh, have you thought about this? I think I'm always going to be Miss Teen Crypto. I think in the future, people are going to like hear Miss Teen Crypto and know that I've been here since I was 17. Like, I'm not a teen anymore. I put in my bio, guys. Don't get mad at me. It's in every bio on every platform that I'm 20. I have been here since I was 17, and I didn't think about it when I started. You know, I just created the handle. I was just like, I just want to tweet, and I didn't want to use my real name. I wanted something that said like I was a girl, like I was a teen, like I was in crypto, so Miss Teen Crypto. So it all just like, it just rolled off the tongue so great. So, and even I can't even change my name on Twitter without losing that blue 
blue check. So, oh, okay. well, you know, I got to think about that. But I think I'll always be Miss Teen Crypto. I think Miss Teen Crypto is just going to be something that's known. Um, and I, at least I hope so. And I, I use my name a lot. Randy is at, all over my podcast. It's all over my channels as well. It's uh, every news uh, paper I've ever been in or outlet always has my name in it as well. So you could verify that I'm a person. Um, but yeah, I think I'll always be Miss Teen Crypto. And I, and I think it just it symbolizes a little bit of a revolution for me, at least in my community. I hear that. So what have you got? Uh, what have you got going on? Is there any uh, major project or goal coming up ahead that you want people to know about? My major goal is to spread adoption. So help me spread adoption. I'm always doing different things. Like things just pop up for me all the time. Like uh, like sometimes I'm going to Fox. Like sometimes I'm going to a, like a little event uh, to talk about stuff. So just keep up with me um, and follow me. I'm at Miss Teen Crypto everywhere. But my daily my daily show is like my priority. I love my daily show. I love the community I'm building there and just spreading like really good information uh, that a lot of people need to know about. Sometimes it's confusing coming into crypto. What's a CBDC? What's going on with the banks? How does this all tie in together? And I kind of do that for you. And then the missing crypto show as well that you've been on just like hearing people's backgrounds how they came to get to the point that we're at now that they're at now because i think especially in crypto we all come from different places we're so different from one another but we all came and we're a part of the same revolution i feel like that's really important for people to realize that you could start from nothing you could be you know whoever you are and still make it somewhere and i think uh, that's what the missing crypto show does and then i have educational content on my youtube channel as well but my main goal is education positivity and bring a part of digital revolution where we actually own our funds and stop being taken advantage of we're strong people and i think that's what people don't realize that we're really strong we have a lot of power we just need to take it um so that's my main goal as well adoption beautiful good vibes that's awesome yeah randy miss team crypto it's been a pleasure talking to you keep doing what you're doing you're helping and inspiring a lot of people so just just keep it up and uh we will talk soon thank you so much i appreciate you zuby thank you for having me bye-bye Bye. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame.